Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stone Solid Podcast. I am your host, Stoney. I am a jack of all trades and a master of none, a jaunty adventure seeker of local sights and pleasant views, a hunter of wild game and prime chow, an enthusiast of rust, oil, and gasoline, particularly when it applies to Jeepsters, Trail 90s, and beat-up old garden tractors. I am a curious creator of wood, epoxy, and steel. Come join me as we discuss, ramble, and even contemplate about topics that have piqued my eclectic interest for the week. Also, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at stony underscore zero six to chat, comment, or bring up new topic ideas. Now let's get started on this episode that is guaranteed to be stone solid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stone Solid Podcast. This week, we're getting into episode 11. 11, the two of the same. I don't know what that means, but it seems pretty significant and cool. So uh, this week, I'm trying something new. I am trying to record the podcast and do it as a video. That way, we can post it on YouTube and whatnot as well and do some like video outtakes. Should be cool. Should be wild. Should be exciting. Um, this week, this week... For our podcast discussion, and I say ours because you're listening and you're part of this conversation as well, this week we will be talking about uh, getting my oldest son his first vehicle. Yes, his very first. I've reached the point in my life as a person where I have helped create a child. I have raised this child through the various stages of try not to die Many of them which caused my shoulders pain as I catch a flailing body throwing itself off stairs and toilets and tables. I have taught it to go out amongst others and behave in a respectable manner. I hope. No, he's a good kid. And now we've reached the point where we are going to entrust him with a 3,000 pound body of steel backed by, (coughs) excuse me, backed by, I don't know. 150 horsepower, let's say. Maybe more. Probably more. Eh, check that. It's war. It's old. It's not more than 150 horse. What a big day, huh? What a big day for him, for myself and his mother, for my parents. They raised me well enough for me to raise one of my own, right? And I'm sure that many of you have been in this same spot before, and uh, many of you are on your way towards that some of you aren't, and that's cool too, because you might want to listen in just to just to hear the adventure. So, the vehicle, the vehicle in question. Now we did some talking about what vehicle he wanted, and initially, my father, being the kind-hearted guy he is, he gave us a uh, like a was it a ninety a ninety-four? I think it is Jeep Grand Cherokee. That's the ZJ, right? Jeep guys, if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was 93 or 94. They came back with the Grand Cherokee and made it a ZJ. So anyway, he gave us this rig um, for Sam and for just running errands in or whatever we wanted to do with it. And we actually do use it quite a bit for hunting. And Sam likes it because it's small enough that you can get around in the woods pretty well. It's an automatic, so it's easy for him to drive. Uh, 
he wasn't too worried about having his friends ride with him, but he was really worried about having enough room for the dogs to go with him. He wanted to be able to take the dogs adventuring with him. So there are room, there are, there is room for the dogs to go adventuring him in this Cherokee. It's got heat and all that. Downsides to this Jeep. Uh, it has a transmission fluid leak, and I believe it's from a patched transmission line. Easy enough fix. The speedometer doesn't work, to which my father had tried fixing before. Uh, that's an easy fix-ish. I mean, I can go replace the speedometer gear, or I can go and get into the, the dash itself and try to fix a bad circuit in there or a sensor somewhere, or I can just go on Amazon and pay 20 bucks to get a GPS-type speedometer and glue it on the dash. <laughs> easy enough for a high school rig. So we could do that, but it's fixable. And then the other quirk it has is uh, you can be driving it and suddenly it just cuts out and dies. Or you turn it off and it doesn't want to start again. And sometimes it starts right back nice and easy. You can turn the key off, turn the key back on, and crank it over and it starts right up. I've done this while rolling <laughs> in gear down a road at 55 miles an hour. Cuts out, what the heck? Starts right back up. No idea. Uh, we've been hunting before. Turned it off. Did some glassing. Looked around. Tried to start it up. Nothing. You guys like my car starter sound? Yeah. And, and it won't start. And we've been there 10 minutes just trying to get it to fire up. It's turning, but it's not firing. So it's definitely an ignition issue, I would say. Uh, but that one, I have no clue. I mean, I have some ideas. But I don't realistically know where it is, and I haven't tried to find it yet. Uh, hence why it's a uh, every now and then rig. But it was like, all right, we could give this to him. We could fix these issues. So we started asking him, like, all right, Sam, like, you have this rig. It's yours. It's free if you want it. But, you know, my dad, uh, he bought me uh, a vehicle when I was old enough to get driving. He actually and he bought my older brother one. And uh, I think he bought my little brother one. Or he just gave my little brother one of the family vehicles. Um, and with that, actually, as I think about it, my dad bought me two. Kind man, very kind man. He bought me my first rig, which was like a 81 two-wheel drive Toyota pickup, and he got it for like 500 bucks. And it was a good runner, actually. It had 20RE, not a 22RE. Oh, no, excuse me, a 20R. I stand corrected, a 20R. So the predecessor to the 22R and the 22RE. Uh, and it had a little four-speed manual. And, man, it was, it was a fun rig. And I sold it for more than I bought it for. Made a little profit. And then bought another rig. And then eventually, as I started getting close to high school, my dad found the vehicle that you've all heard me talk so much about, my 68 Jeepster Commando. And he bought that for me. And he said, oh, if I graduate, I get to keep it. If I don't graduate, he sells it. And you say... Here we are today. I still have it. Hmm. So I was thinking like, well, it'd be cool to get Sam a rig like my commando that he's just going to hold on to for the rest of his life. And it's something that's meaningful. So we started asking like, well, what do you want? You know, mind you, I am not buying him a brand new car. It's going to be used. It's going to be rusted. It's going to need help. But it's that working on the vehicle, I think. And making it better and making it your own, I think that's what makes a high school vehicle special. So again, we asked Sam, you know, we asked him, what do you want? And uh, 
he said, well, I just want, I want something cool. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, hey, big guy, you're going to have to narrow that one down a little for me. What is a cool vehicle to you? And he's like, well, the new Challengers are pretty cool. I'm like, sweet, so an old Challenger. <laughs> you're not getting a new Challenger. Uh, unless we can find one that's just been mangled or flooded or something and we get it like at an auction, you know, like a, a cocaine challenger or something. So let's old challengers. And he's like, yeah, actually, I like the older better. He's like, okay, so like old muscle cars. He's like, yeah, old muscle cars or even uh, he goes, what's that one that kind of looks like our Suburban, but it's a lot shorter. I'm like, like a K5 Blazer. He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. So let's look at some pictures just to make sure we're talking about the same thing. So we went and looked at some old Challengers and old uh, Barracudas. He's a Mopar guy. We figured that out. Mustangs, they're cool. You know, not quite his style. Uh, Camaros, cool. Possible. Uh, old Firebirds and Trans Ams, same thing. Cool. He'd do that. Uh, a K5 Blazer, though, yeah. You know, that was kind of right up his alley. And it's a four-wheel drive, and he could go camping and hunting and fishing take the dogs with him so he was he really liked those blazers so i started searching around and i was thinking like all right for a rust bucket k5 blazer that runs fairly reliable to my mind that should be like 1500 bucks i'm talking dinged in beat in rusted up you know maybe has a squeaky belt Leaking a little oil, probably, you know, from the transfer case or transmission. But, I mean, you can start it up every time and it'll get you to school and back. 1500 bucks. That's what I was thinking. And I was thinking, like, yeah, we could fix one of those up real nice. And uh, it'd be a great project. We got the shops getting finished up. This would be sweet. Uh, and then I started Googling these vehicles. And it gets back to what we talked about, you know, past episodes here. Prices are crazy right now just ridiculous so i finally found something it was like it was a what was it a 79 and it was a four hour drive from here down in idaho and they wanted 2500 bucks for it it had little to no oil pressure but it it started and would run but they they weren't sure if he'd even make you know a drive around for an hour, and they wanted twenty five hundred bucks. And the body was okay, but it had like a four inch lift and tires, and that was probably majority of the price. And I was like, this is this is crazy, but that's the closest I could find that was actually a decent ish price. Then I found another one like an hour away, and it started and ran just fine. Uh, the body was okay. I say that like the seats were mounted. <laughs> It didn't really get into the rest of the interior, but there was no carpet, nothing like that. It was stripped. The exterior of the body, the paint was hashed. It was patched. Uh, but, I mean, it was straight-ish. And it, it ran okay. And this dude wanted 4000 bucks for that thing. And I was like, you got to be kidding me right now. And, like, that was the closest I could find that was even on my radar Something with a decent coat of paint was going for like 7000 bucks, And I don't know about you folks, but that's, that's unacceptable to me. So I, uh, I just I couldn't do it. So I kept searching, kept looking. And finally, 20 minutes away on Facebook Marketplace, 
I found a guy that had not one, but two 88 square body blazers. Well, one is a Jimmy, same thing. And he wanted three grand for both. One of them, a runner. Body rusted out, gone. Like so bad, seatbelts yanked through the rust. The other one, good body, like straight, main cab anyway. There's a dented front passenger fender, and we'll get into that. But the body, it was straight. It was like, oh, this is doable. And it started and ran. It just, uh, it wasn't as great. And the guy was up front about it. He's like, hey, I'll be honest. I bought this. I towed it up here. I parked it. That's as much experience as I have with this vehicle. He says, I think you can get something out of it, you know. And it's like, all right. So let's let's do this. I so I talked to my my boy and I said, "Hey, you want to go check these out?" He's like, "Yeah, you know." So I said, "Well, come along. You're going to see what it's like. The the haggling process has begun." And I I grabbed 1000 bucks cash. Like, if this guy gets hard case on us, 1000 cash right away, sometimes that makes the deal go or not. So we show up and at first this fella, he's like, "You know, I've been talking and my son, he's 19 or something I think it was and I think he's uh, he's going to get his driver's license finally, and he wants it as a daily driver in the big town, big city there, Missoula, so he can get to work and back, and he kind of wants to fix it up. I'm like, you just, you listed both, you know, so I was like, all right, well, we'll still talk, you know, but I was like, I get it, it's a project, that's kind of why I brought my son here. I said, but he hasn't got a driver's license yet, and the guy's like, nope, and they're like, and he wants to fix it up. Yeah. I'm like, how long have you been waiting to fix this up with him? And he goes, since he was 14. I was like, so five years. And he's just now getting into this. And they're like, yep. I was like, okay. I said, well, let's, let's get back to that. Maybe let's go look at this other one that has the, the good body on it. You said it started around. So let's go check it out. He's like, yeah. So we go over there. We start it right up. The guy had a new battery in it, started it right up. I was like, all right, new battery could be suspect could not and I was looking in there and it started and I noticed it had a four-wheel drive light on you know saying it was shifted into four-wheel drive I was like all right you know and we listened to it for a bit and it was running smooth and there's a little bit of smoke coming out the exhaust uh light gray you know so I was like all right you know and we turn it off and I'm still looking at dash and I noticed that four-wheel drive light it's still on I was like oh so this thing drains batteries like crazy now little switch not a big problem we keep looking around i was like all right well hey this front passenger fender's bashed in uh how'd that happen you know the guy's like well i don't know like i said i just i I ended up thinking it'd be a good parts rig i bought it i loaded it up i brought it back i was like okay so we're looking at a little closer and i noticed like the passenger front tire is it's not filling the the fender well quite right it seems a little set back so i go over and we look at the driver's side it's sitting right. We go back and look at the passenger side. Yeah, it's it's definitely off. And I ask him about it. You know, I'm like, hey, what about this? You know, and he's like, uh, I never noticed that. And I was like, fair enough. Uh, okay, do you got a tape measure? Let's measure this thing. So he walks off, and I, I'm looking at my boy. I'm like, this is the kind of stuff you got to watch for, bud. You see the difference? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, let's let's follow this out. I want you to really pay attention here because this could be huge. And he's like, all right, you know, and he's tracking. He's doing, he's doing good. He's listening. So we get the tape measure. We measure the one side, the driver's side. Then we go over to the passenger side. We measure it. That front passenger wheel was setting 
five inches farther back from, than the driver's side. And I was like, holy crap, man. I said, um, I don't know what's going on here, but this is major. Like, you can't just drive this down the road. So regardless if the engine's running, this is a non-drivable rig at this point. So I said, but hey, let's take a quick look and see if we can figure out what it is. Because maybe it's something like, you know, the U-bolts on the axle came loose in the springs and it just shifted. So we're taking a few more measurements, like where is the difference? And pretty soon it became clear. We had the hood open and we're looking in there and on the driver's side, dual shocks. We're like, oh, cool. You know, that's nice. We look on the passenger side, single shock. And where the other shock should be mounted, the frame had a giant chunk of metal patchwork welded on the top. And then the frame itself was welded all down the side. It was like, oh man, that is a big, big time frame job there. I'm out of water. <laughs> yeah, so severe frame damage and a crappy fix done on it probably not this guy. I have no doubts that he just bought it, loaded it and got it back. So I was like, Hey, so I know we were, we were talking about maybe just buying this one. I said, I don't think regardless of what kind of offer you're going to make me on this, I don't think I would buy this one by itself. It is now a salvage rig and I'm not looking to buy him a salvage rig. I'm looking to buy him a driving rig. So even if he changes his mind about fixing it up really nice, he still has something he can go drive because i mean that's that's the biggest part of a kid first getting their vehicle is wanting to drive and so the guy's like yeah i hear you and i was like well let's go look at this other rig some more let's go look at the other one the runner he's like all right so we go look at it and yeah that body he was he was honest about it it was rusted and he showed pulling the seat belt straight through the floorboard it was horrible but that son of a gun, he started it. Oh man, it started right up. It purred pretty good. I was like, all right. And you know, and he said he's driven it around a bunch. He just did an oil change on it, a transmission fluid change and filters. And I was like, cool. All right, this rig is is doable, you know. But it also had broken rear leaf springs. So we would need the salvage rig for the body and the leaf springs now. Um, but it did come with seats. The rusty one had all the seats in it and everything, which the, the uh, other one didn't. So so we kind of were haggling back and forth. And I was like, I, you know, man, I said, I know you're thinking about this one for, for your boy. I get it. I got my boy right here. I said, but you're needing to clear out rigs. You don't have a shop. And you've had this for five years for him to work on. And you're talking about fixing it up with him. Like, realistically, who's going to be the one fixing it up? And are you going to be able to do it in a shop? And he's like, yeah, I, I hear you. And I was like, I'm not trying to be a buzzkill. said, but I would be willing to give you, you know, three grand for both these rigs. And you can take that three grand and you can go buy your kid a gasket and rig that's easy to drive and get him around Missoula, whatever little hoopty you can find. And he might appreciate that way more than this blazer. But I know we'll appreciate this blazer because we're looking for a project, you know, and a project he can drive in the woods and bang up. So he say he, he took a week, we talked about it, and he finally, he agreed. And oh man, I tell you what, I got a happy boy. This boy is excited. So he's been watching YouTube videos, uh, a few of them. He's not like sitting every day just zoning in on it. 
I am. <laughs> but he is watching a few videos. He's trying to work out what colors he wants to do on it, how he wants to set up some of the interior, like, you know, stereo-wise. Like, when I was in high school, you threw a, a rock and stereo in there. To be honest, I don't think kids worry too much about a jam and stereo anymore. It's just not as a big of a deal, which, fine by me, probably saves his eardrums. He does want a better exhaust note on it, so we're starting to make plans. We, uh, we went down. We purchased them. The fellow we bought them from, he was nice enough to have loaded the, uh, the parts rig up onto his trailer, and he drove it to our house for us. Um, I offered to do it. But he uh, he already had it loaded. I tried to give him gas money, and he he declined it. He was he was a a great guy to buy from, a real real nice guy. He also had two sweet classic Jeeps, another K5 Blazer that was his, and he just picked up a square body Suburban um, from down in Arizona that was his father's until he uh, passed. But this is a Suburban that he painted, did the bodywork for his father on, and so now he's got this square body, and it's like. This guy, he's a good guy. I like this guy. Square bodies, classic Jeeps, and a collection. Mm, man after my own heart. So yeah, he helped load all those up, and we drove uh, the the rust bucket. We drove it all the way back from to the house, and my boy got to ride in it. We talked about it, started you know plans, and you got to experience it. We got to the house. I let him go driving around the property on it and get to experience his rig. I even told him we could go driving it up in the woods, but he is so excited. He wants to get tearing, tearing parts and getting ready to do this body swap and uh, suspension swap like ASAP. So I'm excited for the boy because he's, he's going to have a great rig when this is all said and done. Uh, it's going to be a great, great time for him. I think he's going to get a lot of memories out of it, just the build experience. And then I can only imagine the number of memories he's going to get just from driving it around and going exploring. Uh, I think it's going to be going to be great for him. And I think I really think he's uh, he's excited about it. Like he's he's optimistic and looking forward to all the adventures he can have. So the good news is this: um, he's not eligible to get his driver's license. Like like he's two weeks below the window to go to driver's ed this year. So he has to wait an additional year. So we have a lot of time to put some work in before driver's ed. And I think that actually worked better for him because he won't get, um, well, he might get a little dismayed seeing all some, you know, his classmates driving around, but I think it'll help him focus in where we can get this knocked out pretty fast and hard. So with that, talking to his mom and all that we are gonna help out on a few of the things like the cost of paint paint can get expensive yeah we could rattle canada to do a cheap paint job but if we're doing a body swap and the body's off i would much rather invest in this rig because uh, it's going to stay titled to us for quite a while but i would rather invest in a quality paint job that doesn't have to be done again where he's like, ah, it's falling apart in three years, you know, and he can look at for a long time. I think I would be willing to pay for that. I'm willing to invest in some safety items that need to be done, you know, if he needs anything like brakes or something that pops up to help him get this going. So we're going to invest a little bit of it, but we're also expecting him to contribute heavily towards his vehicle, to which he knew prior to buying. So... Uh, but it, it should be a wild, 
good time and a lot of fun. Uh, the other cool part, look at that, I'm so excited my voice fluctuated, is that this other Suburban this guy has, right? It's a square body Suburban, probably, I think it's like early 80s, late 70s, judging by the looks of it, with barn doors in the back. It is exactly like Brown Bertha. My Suburban, the saddle, leather, saddle brown, spray painted, 84 Suburban I have. And it had the 350. Uh, the only difference is his hat still has the 700 R4 with the 208 transfer case. And now Bertha, mine, has an MP205 with a, uh, was it, the SM465, the four-speed manual in there. So I'm a step up. Custom drive shafts now, too. Uh, but yeah, like, his is where mine was is wanting to go. And Sarah saw it. And all of a sudden she goes, oh, wow. That Suburban looks really nice. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is what I've been trying to pitch for my Suburban this whole time. And you're like, get rid of it, you know. Needless to say, she finally saw the vision. This guy had an example of what I envisioned for my Suburban. She saw it and she liked it. Guess who gets to keep his Suburban? No argument now. Man, talk about a win. A win-win. I'm willing now to definitely sell my 55F600, which is a cool rig. But I, I love Bertha. She's a great Suburban. Good Suburban. She's right there with my Commando now. I've invested a lot of time in her. And the cool part for me is uh, now the boy and I, we can do little uh, square body themed camping trips and uh, trail rides now. He's got his square body. I got my square body. It's just a question if the younger one's going to join us. So anyway, that's all I got for this week. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the story. I would love to hear about uh, what projects and cars you have in mind with your kids. And in the meantime, I hope all of you stay stone solid.